Welcome to the Open to Hope show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Uh, It's a a great uh, day today and a wonderful time to talk with someone about healing after loss and and someone who has had a loss and works with people who've had loss because we know folks that are listening to this show are really looking for some help and support, and we've uh, really got some for you today. So, Heidi, you want to introduce our guest? Yes, I'd love to today, Mom, and... uh... I'm excited because we are going to be talking about spirituality today and how we can heal using spirituality. And our guest today is Suzanne Latessa, and she goes by Latessa. Latessa is a grief counselor and educator and soon-to-be graduate with a spiritual direction certificate. She believes fully in the mind-body-spirit connection and finds it an honor to walk with and work with the bereaved. Welcome to the show, Latessa. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. It's great to have you on, and Heidi and I presented in Greenville, South Carolina, and I know you were there, too. It was a wonderful group we presented at, and uh, so we found out about you from our Greenville group. People loved what you were doing, and so we wanted to talk to you a little bit about the world of grief and loss. And I, I wanted to start out with, well, how did you how did you get into the field of grief and loss and, uh, and your interest in it? Oh, wow. Yeah, that was, you know, I've been a nurse for a long time since actually graduating nursing school in 1974. And I got, I was doing, working as a rating specialist at Detroit uh, Veterans Benefits Administration as a nurse. And I was, I was uh, what they call rating cases. And I, you know, it was amazing how, what, what human beings go through in life and how some are resilient and some succumb. And during this time frame, um, I had a lot of loss in my own. My mother died, and I was quite traumatic because being a nurse, um, I felt that I should have known enough or done enough to save her, and mm-hmm. uh, which is unrealistic, but grief isn't rational. Mm-hmm. And now, to save I, her, what did, you, what did she die of? Oh, she died of um, a very extensive cardiac disease, wow. mm-hmm. and she's, it was uh, over three years, um, multiple stents, angioplasties, uh, four, 13, 14 hospitalizations, and then, oh you know, we thought she was sort of okay. She was going out to eat with um, my dad and aunt and uncle, and she cardiac arrested in the house, in, in the car. And then oh she God. had, yeah, and then it was it was quite traumatic, the whole sequela, and then she cardiac arrested and died. It- you know, uh, they say that some of the hardest people in the world to work with are RNs and doctors when it comes with grief and loss um, because, you know, that they've worked in that field. And, and as you said, you felt like you could have saved her. So uh, so then you got into this field. What have you found out since? Oh, my gosh. You know, I, got, I was what they call complicated grief, you know, prolonged grief. Um, I was a mess for a long time. And and this is, I didn't, you know, use the term God drop back then, but now, um, in retrospect, these are like miracles and people. And Oh, the God, the, the, that word is God drops. You're talking about God, God drops. drops. God yeah. drops. I, yeah. That's, that's to me, that's like when God puts a miracle or, or hits you with a, a spiritual two by four and says, you know, here, and changes, and changes the perspective. And that's what, a miracle is a change in, in perception. And mm-hmm. um, I was at a non-denominational church in Detroit, Michigan. Marianne Williamson happened to be the, yeah. the minister at the I time. I love her. 
oh my gosh, she said something that changed my world amid many other people and circumstances that helped me get out of that deep, dark abyss. Mm -hmm. And what she said to me was her little diminutive self. They were rushing her out into her car to go to the airport off to somewhere else at that time. And she and I was standing there sobbing, and she came right up to me, and she said, what can I do for you? And I said, and I knew her time was valuable, and I said, I'm an RN caregiver daughter who doesn't feel she knew enough or did enough to save her mom. Wow. And she got her little finger wagging in my face, and she said, you're not God. You had nothing to do with God and your mother's agenda. You're mm. not that powerful. And then she got in her limo or whatever in car and, and took well, off. Matessa, I love that because I know that there are so many people out there listening to the show today that have parents or siblings or children that died and they feel like they should have done something. Right, Mom? Right, exactly. A lot you know, of guilt and a lot of shame involved with that. And like you're saying, oh, we're, we're not God. We are not God. And and we can't see. There's that, that veal of mystery. Um but I, I, that riveted me. Mm-hmm. And then the, the other people that came in, there was a, at that same church, there was a minister named Sandy Hess, and she was the grief and loss person, and she was doing that uh, part of from, from the loss of her son. And she really, honest to God, I was in such a bad place, she really should have had me committed. I mean, I'm, you know, tongue-in-cheek right now, but I mean, mm-hmm. I was a mess. But her love and support, and she said something that I want to pass along to your listeners. She said that your your life is going to be good again. It's never going to be the same again, but it will be good again. And if you can't believe it right now, let me believe it for you until you can yeah. do it for yourself. Mm, I like that. And, I love and it. Her... Let me believe that for you. Heidi and I always like to say, if you've lost hope, mm-hmm. lean on ours until you find your own, because there is hope. Oh, that, that's a similar, right, analogy. Yeah. And and so you never know when you're going to be ready to hear something. That's why, you know, I love, I love the, the and, and it was true for me. I had to tell my story over and over a, a thousand times. I drove my older sister completely nuts. Um, my friend cooked for me at that time. Um, I was really like the walking dead. I could see the the blue sky and the sun, but I wasn't in it. It was like, the psychology people call it um, dissociated. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, one of the other things that really held me fast, and it kind of, kind of sound a little bit bizarre, but, you know, healing comes in a myriad of forms. And back then there was a, a TV show called Xena, Warrior Princess. Are you familiar with it? No. No. It was a mythology, and I always loved mythology, and it was this very strong, strong woman and a friend who went through trials and tribulations, and watching that show gave me strength and hope. Sounds a little bizarre, but that's how it happened, mm-hmm. along with all those other things. Um, you can and, never, you can never know where that hope's gonna and help's gonna come from. It's so interesting. But one of the things you said that I think is really important is that you had to tell your story a lot. And one of the things I find is that people who lose parents sometimes, you know, don't there aren't organizations to go tell your story to. It's kind of strange. Parent losses like our number one visit on the net, yet there aren't parent groups like the Compassionate Friends for Children and Soaring Spirits Foundation for Widows. There aren't groups for adult people who've lost parents. Mm-hmm. 
That is so true, and it's and it's actually leveling. And, and it doesn't matter how we, old we are or how old our parent is or how many letters we have after our name. It's devastating because there's no relationship, you know, mm-hmm. like that. Well, Latessa, and, and, you know, the thing is you've never known the world without your parents in it. So to lose them is so devastating. And I know that when my husband lost his father, my, my husband was in his 30s at the time, he said, you know, I've every my whole life I've done things to make my dad proud. And now I feel like there's no one to go to and, and make proud anymore. He thought it was so weird to have his dad not here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's so much in our, in our even in there's, there's, there's this whole field of, of um, and I'm, let's see, what do they call it now? Para something, you know, something around birth. That even when you're in utero, all the things that you're connected, and and then when you're born and you're young, the things that we can't remember, mm-hmm. um, how our parents, you know, are involved in that. And a lot of us bring some, you know, for me, for example, my loss with my mom. She had um, when she had my younger sister. I was three years old. She almost died of a hemorrhage. She had last rites, and um, they took us kids to see her one last time because they felt she was going to die. So, And then I have this snippet of a memory of being pulled off of her. I was clinging like a little monkey as my mother was laying flat in bed, you know, just white as a sheet, screaming and pulling off of her. And But nobody processing with that little pumpkin who is devastated. No, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it was... Right. Nobody knew what to do back then. Yeah. So, right. and Donna Eden's work talks about energy and the energy of unfinished grief, mm. and that memory is stored in the body. Yep. And so I carried that all this time because, as you know, grief is cumulative, mm-hmm. and unless we address it and process it and liberate it, we are going to carry it in some way. You can't outrun it. You can't go around it. Can't go under it. Um, none of that. So you have to, as Helen Keller said, to, in order to get to the other side, you have to go through it. Mm-hmm. But, but with that said, nobody can grieve 24-7, not the Dalai Lama, not anybody. It's too much. So right. you have to grieve in, in, in doses. Yeah. Um, okay, now you know, how did you get mm-hmm. that little baby out of there? Uh, you know, how did you deal with that? I'm listening to that, and I'm saying, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. How, what steps did you take personally? Well, you know, this is probably way, it's going to be in the book, but it's, it's probably way longer than a 20-minute than a show. But I can tell you this. I used uh, substances, which was not good. I, I, I used alcohol, mm-hmm. and I'm in recovery now. It's 12 years, and I don't mind saying that. I'm quite proud of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, it was, uh, I used that, and I let people in that wall I did a lot of work in therapy with two different amazing therapists who walked that therapeutic tightrope um, to get to the soul within that was covered by all this. And as of that little kid back then, I thought I was responsible for my mother's illness at that time. Wow. And, and then so then it carried out. It got almost re-triggered, mm-hmm. you know, later as an adult woman, an adult parent. Um, a lot of work, letting people love you. So, And then I found out about spiritual direction, and that's what I'm going to be graduating with at the end of this month. Because not always does psychology deal with the body, mind, spirit. It, 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 sometimes it's one lane. And I'm not dismissing it or judging it, 
because it helps keep me upright. But you need to do other things as well. You need to take care of your body and your spirit because they're so integrated. You cannot tease one from the other. We are multidimensional beings. And, and it took, I, I, you know, I'm sitting here, I pulled up for this. I don't think we have time to read it, but it took me, six, and I don't want to scare readers, because everybody's process is different. Everybody's history or herstory, as I call it for women, is different. But it took me six years to even write a poem about my mother. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't want to, you know, frighten people. Everybody's journey is different. Um, but you but can go I to am... your, your website and, and read your things that you've done. And everybody's journey is different. But one of the things I'm hearing that I think is pretty similar in your journey is you do need to tell your story. And I think that's one fabulous thing. If, if people are substance abusers, abusers, they can go to AA or Almon, and they have a lot of chance to tell their story there. Or, or if you're not a substance abuser, you can find groups like the Compassionate Friends. Or, as I said, it's hard to find anything about parent loss, but you can go to your church. Yeah, maybe the church of your childhood, or maybe you can find one, or you, maybe you can uh, find a pastor that you ask around and find somebody who's particularly good at this kind of thing. And the other thing I'm That's hearing, cool. Mom, is that it's never too late to go back and work through unresolved grief. Latessa had unresolved wounds from when she was three, and, you know, feeling like she was responsible for her mom hemorrhaging, and she went back, she could go back and work through those issues in, in therapy and, you know, finding support to do that. So it's never too late to do that. Never too late. And and the power group, and if there's not a group in your area, start one. Mm -hmm. I bet bet the listeners would be able to call it whatever you need. Just tell them that story. And that gives permission to the other people in the group to tell their story. Absolutely. Latessa, I had another question for you. Sure. What I see a lot in my practice, and I was talking to my mom about this earlier, is people that come in that have had parents die, but they do not have a spiritual or religious belief and they are struggling and suffering because they have no idea where their parents are and they really don't think they'll ever see them again. So for somebody like that, how would you suggest that they what would to get some spiritual, I don't know, belief in their lives? I mean, what would you tell people like that? Because they're struggling a lot. What I would tell people like that is to go on SDI, Spiritual Directors International, or to their church or, or, or to a local church or a friend's church, and, and sometimes you have to be almost like a um, a seeker mm-hmm. and find somebody like the the spiritual direction course that I'm in. We will we'll talk to atheists, non-believers, whatever, and then we just explore it together as a as a partnership, a companion. We'll explore the feel uh, the fears and the doubts and the and just kind of turn the rocks over and look at things and. And, and open the, the vision to possibilities, because really, when you look at it, nobody knows for sure. I feel I do, because I've had many miracles in my life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to sound whatever, but I've seen things that are beyond science. You know, just like I had a, a, a talk with a physician once in my nursing career, um, everything is evidence-based in allopathic mm-hmm. medicine yeah. and hard science. Everything's evidence-based. But I told him, I said, do you love your wife, doctor? And he goes, that's ridiculous. Of course I do. And I said, well, go over there on that whiteboard and write a formula that proves that you do. Mm-hmm. You can't do it. You can't do that with hope. You yeah. can't do that with faith. And, and I, I'm looking out a window now and seeing Carolina, blue sky and birds and 
little lizards and all this. And, and I, I just, in my heart and soul, can't believe that it's random, that it's just a bunch of atoms bumping around. Mm -hmm. Now, I have a lot of respect if somebody else believes that, um, and I will, will hold the space and we'll talk and, and all of that. But um, So I would have them keep walking and walking with their eyes open and being open to other possibilities. Um, that there is more. In it. I, I and, like and that most, idea. Thank you, because mm -hmm. they they mm -hmm. want to believe in something. They really do. That's why they're they're coming saying Heidi. It's too painful not to. So yeah. okay, yeah. to be a seeker, just to be a seeker, to be open to many many ideas, and to turn over many ideas. I like Absolutely. that idea. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they <laughs> are seekers anyway. I mean, they're seeing you, Heidi, because they're seeking, mm -hmm. you know, they're That's starting out to seek. I mean, I, had, I did so many things after my son was killed. I mean, I was telling somebody the other day, you know, went on Vision Quest and worked mm -hmm. with Carolyn Mace and Byron Katie and, you know, did all this seeking, seeking, seeking. And um, you, you do find peace in it. You find some kind of grounding. I didn't even think mm -hmm. of that, Mom. All the seeking, I didn't even put that together until the show. You did. You, you you were like, okay, I've got to seek out my spiritual and get in touch with it. My son has died. And you did. You were, you were a seeker. Very much so mm -hmm. for years. And mm -hmm. there's some fun mm -hmm. in it, too. You meet some great people. Yeah. You know, as human beings, we, 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 we try to make sense out of things. We, we, we try to find purpose and meaning. Um, and we don't always get it. But now it sounds like, uh, Gloria, you went to, um, did you go to nature? Oh, yeah, and nature's a fabulous place to go. I hiked in Sedona and mm -hmm. went to, uh, you know, all these spots and went on vision quests and did all that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, in the end, my son is still dead, but I don't know there's some peace in it, but I know that there must be something, you know. And you also, and feel, feel, you also feel a connection. You also feel a connection with him to a certain extent. Exactly. Yeah, you do find a connection in all these places. While you're seeking, you absolutely do find connection. Absolutely. So, so Latessa, how do how do people get a hold of you if they want to get a hold of you? Oh, they they can feel free to go to my website, and my phone number, uh, contact information is on there, and it's supportheals.com. Supportheals.com. dot com. Mm -hmm. Okay, Latessa. Well, thank you so much for being on our show today, and thank you for talking about such a powerful topic. Um, I love the idea of you believing in miracles and, you know, and your whole spiritual message out there. It's so important. It's been an honor and yeah. privilege. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. So many good ideas, Latissa. Thank you. And have a great day. You too. Well, Heidi, well. Yeah. Well, Heidi, what what an interesting show. Latessa's a really powerful person. I, you know, I was wondering. I was thinking, what am I gonna? You know, I have to put a name on the show, and I'm thinking, I'm gonna write down, "You're not God." <laughs> I, I love that. that. I love that. I like that. Someone once said, "There is a God, and it's not you." <laughs> exactly. We want to thank everybody listening to our show today, and we want to send our blessings to you. And as Heidi and I always like to say, if you've lost hope, lean on ours till you find your own. And we know it is uh, can be a tough journey. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Doctors Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. 
You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.